How many of you are glad to bless the name of the Lord? Yes. Yes, yes. His name is absolutely <laughs> worthy um, to be praised. Uh, let's give God a hand praise for our, our team. All the hard work that they put into uh, uh, um, helping us to be heavenward. Uh, to be heavenward. It's very important in worship to be heavenward, Godward, Christward, Gospelward, where our hearts and minds are pointed uh, towards Him. Give us, give God another hand, praise for the Ugandan and Malawi Christ Cares Ministry team. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ministry that we're excited um, that Jesus has given us the opportunity uh, to have partnership with. And so uh, keep their ministry lifted up in prayer as all of them are busy with all different types of things. I uh, want to um, bless the Lord for Adam and the Till getting engaged last week. Oh! You happy, Adam? <laughs> you bugged me enough about her, so I guess I'm going to put you on. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he said, don't, don't do it, don't do it. That's a wonderful thing for, to see um, God bless people to meet Jesus, meet each other, and get married. Amen. 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 Y'all give God another hand, praise. Uh, and, you know, uh, women delivering babies, and so we excited about that. Please, please keep Michaela lifted up. I don't know if Pastor Larry let you guys know, but she fell down the steps and, and uh, cracked or broke a bone. She won't need surgery. She'll need just a cast. Praise God, she, she'll be able to walk, and it's not any um, long-term motor issues, so keep them lifted up because it happened right as uh, Fatima's water broke. So keep them lifted up. And so they had the baby. Uh, Michaela's fine and uh, getting the best care on this side of heaven. Amen. I pray for Mr. Frank. He's not a member here, but he's a frequent attender. His dad passed away last week, so keep he and his family lifted as uh, they go through a real, real hard grieving, grieving, grieving period. So keep keep them uh, lifted up. Keep the Johnson clan lifted up. Um, Brother Johnson, uh, Mary, and John keep their family lifted up as well. Amen. 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 Well, let's uh, go ahead and stand to our feet and read the Word of God. When uh, Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 7, then 15 and 16. When you get there, say amen. amen. I'll start off. You guys keep going. You know how we do. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Keep going.
Amen, amen, amen. Um, our message title for today is The Death of Authentic Womanhood. The Death of Authentic Womanhood. Let's pray. Father, we honor you. Thank you for uh, the Redeemer who came and restored all things. Um, Lord God, so today we're looking back at the day uh, roles became a problem. Um, at the day uh, there was a death in the family of man that still impacts us to this day. And so God, help us, even in the midst of going back and backtracking back to the day that manhood and womanhood died and was separated from God, Lord, I pray that we would find hope even in the midst of talking about a death uh, because you always, there, there is nothing that happens that happens outside of your eternal scope and, Lord God, there's nothing that happen, happens that you can't fix. And so, God, drive us to Jesus, drive us to the cross, and drive us to change. Touch the sisters in here who are dealing with practically experiencing that death of womanhood in their lives today. Will you encourage them, help them to notice where those deaths are, and resurrect them through the power of the cross of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength, our redeemer, whom we trust. In Jesus' name, amen? amen? Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, I know that that kind of seems like a depressing title, um, but, but I think, and, and I saw fit, that it, it, it is extremely, extremely important to know the effect that death had on us, Adam and Eve's sin had on us. And so we're backtracking today um, to the day that womanhood passed away and where womanhood has ever since then been in a absolute unadulterated challenge for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. I want to talk about the day that the woman sold her identity for a piece of fruit. I, I want to talk about today the day the woman traded the eternal benefits of being in an eternal relationship with God and exchanged it for something that she thought was an upgrade. It was actually a downgrade. Some of us must recognize that every upgrade in man's eyes is a down, sometimes can be a downgrade in God's eyes. And so we come here to this passage and look at the death of authentic womanhood, which brings me to my first point. And looking back at the death of authentic womanhood, we must recognize and see that Satan's, Satan challenges God's divine order and God's character. Satan challenges God's divine order and his character. The text says, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And so <clears throat> we see here that some try to make this serpent out to just be a serpent, but I don't believe the animals in that day and age were that crafty. Some scholars try to talk about the mythological philosophies of the ancient Middle East and their philosophy of the serpent. But if you read the Bible and let the Bible interpret you versus fallen history, you will recognize that this serpent is, is, is this person in this serpent is none other than Satan. Oh, yeah. 
This serpent, it's kind of ironic that the serpent will be connected with Satan. Um, but, 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 but it's interesting that he, he says something interesting. He sa- it says in the text that he was more crafty than any creature that the Lord God had made. I don't know if, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if in, in the economy of God, you know, the serpent was already crafty or the fact that Satan got in him and it made him crafty or the serpent was already crafty, but Satan entered the serpent and his craftiness was used to his advantage to manipulate the craftiness of it. Also, I don't know whether or not Adam and Eve talked to animals. I, I just would have thought it weird. It's not weird to Eve. And, you know, I don't know if lions used to walk past and say, what's up, Adam? How you feeling, man? Thank you for naming me. I don't know what it was like. You know what I'm saying? It, but it would seem weird that a serpent walking, walking down the ground, it would start just, just, just start waxing eloquent on you. You know what I'm saying? And so it's not strange to eat, but, but, the, but you, but you got to notice something about the fact that he went into a serpent. The serpent isn't what we think of snakes today. It wouldn't have been like, ah, there's a, there's a snake. That, that's not how they viewed animals because this was in an unfallen state in man's relationship with animals where man was in harmony with God, man was in harmony with one another, and man was in harmony with creation. And so in light of the harmony that was going on, they don't have the National Geographic disposition towards animals that we have where people are snake handlers and and trying to have a big snake roundup or a serpent roundup, and we believe this is a serpent, whatever kind of serpent it is. But it's interestingly enough that the enemy never shows himself up in anything that puts your alarm system on. That's my point. He, he never, ever shows up in a way that makes you have alarm that he's present. He loves to make sure that your guard is down. That's what made him crafty. Satan went into the snake And when he went into the snake, he was going to use and manipulate creation that God had created and Adam had named and God had put under their authority to rule over and to subdue and have mutual equal authority over the snake together. Crafty just means prudent or smart or wise. But little did they know the person that inside the snake would be called, the, the, uh, the serpent would be called later the tempter, the evil one, the liar, the god of this world, the angel, a false angel of life, prince and power of the air, the adversary, the deceiver of the whole world, the great dragon, the ancient serpent, and the accuser of the brethren. That's who's present there inside of the serpent. And so he's there because of a particular reason that he has that he doesn't like about God, which we will see in a second. But it's interesting that one day we will see this serpent of old, and Isaiah, the Holy Spirit said through Isaiah that we will look upon him and we will say, is this the dude that tore the earth up? Is this the dude that caused the fall? Is this the one who brought down kingdoms? I mean, when we look at him, there's not going to be anything about him that's really, really fly, and people are going to be blown away that they allowed themselves to be uh, deceived by such a low shelf, no life having, separated from God forever, no spending eternity with God, hell being created specifically 
for him, Matthew 25, 41, he's not in a red suit. He does not have horns. He does not have a tail. He does not have a pitchfork, and he does not own hell. Let me just tell you that right now. God owns hell. Hell was created for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25, 41. So hell is the unveiled wrath of God for the enemy and his imps to experience what they chose to experience when they walked away from heaven's beauty. To experience their own glory and their own hype and their, that he started smelling his under own under. And because of that, he's outside of the gates now. And so he wants to make sure that no one experiences God ever again because he doesn't experience God ever again. Ladies, watch what form you don't look at that Satan shows himself up in in your life. There's something, I guarantee there's something in your life now that's beautiful, that's handsome, that's nice looking, that, that's shiny and speckling, and I guarantee it that it's possessed by the devil. You better look around in your life and look at the most attractive things, person, places, and things in your life, and ask, which one of these is the devil under? Because, he, because he, he's not going to come to you ugly. He's not going to come to you with a beer belly. He's not going to come to you with a receding hairline. I wish I had some help. He's not going to come to you. He's not going to come to you in dirty clothes. He's going to come to you with white teeth, pink gums, honey blazed eyes, wavy hair, six plaque from here to the Himalayas, quadriceptics, pectoriuses, triceptacles, and bicepticles. A suit. A suit and a briefcase in his hand and walking like this. He gonna come to you licking his lips like LL Cool J be doing. See all of you, that can't, you're like, Pastor, that cannot be the devil. Pastor, that can't be the devil. I rebuke that that is the devil. I rebuke that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, Satan wants to put your guard down. And what he wants to do is he wants you to put your worldview on the shelf so that you won't think God's thoughts anymore. Look at the text. says, he said to the woman, stop right there. Now, first off, God had a created order. God is extremely organized. I don't know if you know that. So he's like this He's like this organized, neat person eternally, right? This, I mean, the way he created, I mean, if you look at heavens and the earth, right? It, it, the Bible says in, uh, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, God, um, it's in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was tohu vuvohu. It was formless and void. Now you go over to Isaiah 45, 11, and it says God did not make the earth to be tohu vuvohu, meaning he didn't make it to be formless and void. Now, what God does is as he speaks into existence to, through eternal spoken word, he massages the planet with his lips to make it into a, 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 a celestial sphere, if you will. 
And as he does that, he brings together atmosphere. He lets the water get organized on the planet. He speaks and land comes out of the water. He speaks and stars come into existence. He speaks and the sun gets in orbit. He speaks and the moon gets into place. He fashions animals. They come up out. Animals, giraffes, uh, 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 all types of things, lizards, fish. Everything comes into existence and they are all in perfect organization in perfect harmony and just the way God created. Because God is an artist, but he's not a disorganized artist. He's an organized linear and nonlinear artist. Are you with me? And so what Satan loves to do is whatever God organizes and artistically designs, he wants to take it out of its purpose to bring destruction to it. So what he wants us to do is he wants to bring chaos. He wants to bring destruction. So instead of going to the man, which would have been proper, he goes to the woman. And what he's trying to do is it was man, woman, animals. He goes into the animal, talks to the woman, and has the woman influence her husband. He wants to reverse God's creative authority. So you got to recognize, you got to recognize that everything that humans try to liberate you to do is actually putting you in bondage from God's design. There's some free womanhood stuff out here that you're going to get a hold of. Women need to be liberated. Liberated from what? There, are, there, there is discrimination against women, but don't let yourself, let the, let the big umbrella of discrimination make you walk outside of your identity and exchange a beautiful, equal identity with man, different function, everything put in place, and let the enemy take that out of your hands. And so right here, he begins talking to the woman out of order. Then, then, then this is how he do. This is how he do. Now, did God, now this is the first words out of his mouth. It ain't like, how you doing, Eve? What's been going on? How you and Adam enjoying being created? I mean, how's the planet been? How's the, how's the garden? You know, have, would he, he just goes straight for the, did God actually say to you? He wants you to question God. He, 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 wants you, he wants you to create. See, listen to what he asks. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep moving. He, he, say, he says, shall, he said, did God actually say to you, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? So what he loves to do is he loves to zoom you in on what you're not free to do so that what you're free to do looks like a bondage instead of freedom. He, that, 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 that's what he does. So, so he like that. What, I mean, what, 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 how, he, didn't, he didn't just go in. He crafty. So he didn't just say, man, why don't you eat from that tree? He knew that. He wanted, he, see, he, he, see he, he's, a, he's a psychologist, a subternal psychologist, not a good one. Just he watches and, he, and, 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 and it's interesting that he said, did he, uh, did he actually say that that actually is important? Because in other words, he's getting you to question the nature and purpose of God's word. That's what he loves to do. And when he says that God actually say the devil always wants us to speak in non-covenantal terminology. Notice thus far it said Lord God. But when he asks her the question, he doesn't use Lord God. He just says God. Now, why would Lord God be important? Because Lord God, Yahweh, all caps in the Hebrew, Yahweh, reminds you of covenant. 
it reminds you of his word. But see, what he wants to do is he, he don't mind you having God just as long as you ain't in covenant with him. So, so, he, so he's like, I'm going to rem- let's get the covenant stuff out of the way. I want you to think on your own, outside of God's parameters, outside of what God has laid out. See, everybody that say God don't believe what you believe. I wish I had some help. Don't we all believe in God? Which one? We say the Lord God, Yahweh, whose son is Jesus Christ or somebody else. So what he does is now first he gets her to question God's word. Then he tries to get her to operate outside of covenant. Be very careful, ladies, when somebody tries to woo you outside of your covenant with God through Jesus Christ. Or or you better be careful, careful, careful if somebody tries to get you to operate in a substandard identity, parading it as freedom. Some of you in here, I'm the sound of my voice right now. You are, you think you're free. You think you're doing extremely well, but you are in deep bondage because the devil is, whenever the devil makes a woman think what God said is unfair, you're operating out of covenant. Every time somebody get an attitude, I start laying out the glory of God and women and the role of women. I don't believe that. Hold on, but what do you believe? I'm just saying. No, don't just say. What do you believe? Well, you know, I just believe that women. Hold on. Where did you get that from? I I mean, I'm just saying you can look at things. Look at what? (laughs) I'm sick of people giving me their opinion about roles and all that. And you say you're a Christian, but then when God gives you a beautiful identity, you hate it because the world and culture has made you think that that's bondage and that's shackles. No, the culture is whack on that one. Let me tell you something. You better let the Lord God define you. And if somebody want to be a redefiner of you, you chuck the deuces. And if you got to cry, you're just going to be okay. But at least you cry with God versus crying without him. And so, and so, and so the, devil, the, devil wants, the devil loves making you think differently. That's why he said, did he actually say... Did he actually say, that? be careful of that? Now, look at the woman. Now, now look at her answer, right? Now, oh no, I'm, getting ahead. I'm about to get ahead of myself. Let me, let me go ahead. He says, it says, and the woman's, and, and, and he says, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. Stop right there. She didn't say what God said. Because God said you could eat freely. She said, you can eat from the trees of the garden. That's very key. That adverb is clear to say that God said free. But now she's beginning to question. Y'all don't think she's questioning? Keep going. Keep going. After he says, did, she, did he actually say? He's, and then look what, she, look what she does. He said, so first she takes from God's word here. That's number one. She subtracts something from God's word. Every word counts, ladies. Now, 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 stay with me because I'm, I want to teach this. I don't want to hoop this. I want to teach this. It says, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Number one, she took from God's word. Number two, she added to God's word because she said, neither shall you touch it. But that's not what God said. Whenever you're operating outside of covenant, 
You begin to add to God's word because you need yourself and legalism to help you to keep God's word when legalism doesn't work. God's word is sufficient exactly the way he said it. She did not have to add, not touch it. God didn't say not to touch it. God focused her on how free she was in the garden with other stuff. He didn't say, he said, don't, he, he told her to leave the Jordan. No, now she's talking about don't touch it. But then she says, lest you die. So she subtracted again. The Bible says, you shall surely die, not you might die. See how the devil, just one question. See, one question from a smooth operator can wreck your whole worldview. Are y'all quiet right now? He asked her one question, and she crumbles. Crumbles, takes away, adds to, and not fully acknowledges the word of God. Ladies, you better be careful. Nothing in your life is worth substandardizing the word of God. I'm going to keep going because I'm alone up here by myself. It says, but the serpent, look at him. He getting, he getting, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said right here. He said, but God said, you should not. Then he goes down, he says, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now check this out. Now, he says what God says just with an emphatic negation. So she says what God says, not fully. So the devil knew exactly what God said so that he could fully contradict exactly what God said while she took away from what God says by not believing fully what God said. Did you get that? Devil said you shall surely not die because God said you shall surely die, but she said you shall die. Now see the difference in terminology that, listen, even when you're not operating in the Bible, the devil knows it very, very well. Listen, God, listen, God doesn't mind the devil listening in on him instructing you. Just as long as you are listening to him while he's instructing you. <laughs> Y'all missed it. <laughs> and, and, and so it's very, very important that that terminology, that we be very, very careful of what we allow the enemy to influence us in. But then he goes down. And it says, he says, for God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, he's saying you could be like God. Forget about all this created order stuff, baby. You know what I'm saying, baby? Oh, you, listen, you get with me. You know what I'm saying? This man right here, drop that zero, get with this hero. Um, you know, and you could be like God. See, I'm already, I already know. See, I already know good and evil. You know what I'm saying? But if you do that, you'll be above God. So you won't be under man's authority anymore, and you won't be under God's authority. You'll be a, you'll be a, you'll be a free agent. Why don't you become a free agent? You know, empower yourself, woman. Empower yourself beyond the shackles of the philosophies of the word of God. That stuff is just some rhetoric that somebody wrote poetically. God just, God doesn't want you to be like it. See, see, that's how man is. See, the Bible is a barbaric book, ladies. You know, it just exalts men and de-exalts women. I mean, get, throw the Bible aside, man. You can have your own thing. You can have your own, you can run things, and you can have life on your own terms. Just, just chuck it, chuck the deuces at all of that. <laughs> and it's a challenge because he's evangelizing her in unbelief. He's evangelizing her to fall away. He's evangelizing her to turn away and doubt God's goodness. 
to doubt that God has provided value to her. The devil loves to make you think you don't have value so that you will seek value elsewhere. And now he's trying to get her to seek value outside of the Lord. Ladies, I'm going to tell you right now, there is no value outside the Lord. There is no value outside the Lord. There is no, listen, listen, I'm telling you right now. I don't care how mad you are at God that he hasn't given you what you want, when you want, how you want it. But don't let not getting what you want, when you want, how you want it make you seek value where he don't want you to want it. I'm just telling you right now, don't let anybody let you think that there's any value elsewhere. And that's the devil's trick. That's the devil's trick. Point two, the deception takes root. Point two, the deception takes root. Now check this out. This is very, very intricate, so stick with me. He says, for God knows that when you eat of it, that is the tree, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw, somebody say saw, underline it, that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight, underline delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be a desire to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. This is interesting. Now, what's interesting to me is that even though the devil went around God's created order, and Adam was standing there with her, and he should have challenged the devil, even when Adam fails, ladies, you are still empowered with the word of God to be faithful. When he stops following God, don't you stop following God. Uh, So that means that she was just as equally equipped as Adam was to fight the devil. Because she was a vice ruler of planet Earth with Adam under his authority and under God's authority. And even though he wasn't doing anything, you should do anything. You should do something. Zipporah. Zipporah, when, when, when Moses was not faithful to circumcise his son on time, Mama runs over, uh, gets some flint, and she, she gets that thing together, cacao and then she threw it at Moses' feet. To, because God, the Bible says, and God was going to kill Moses. But Zipporah's obedience in spite of Moses' disobedience kept him from getting killed. If Eve would have acted like Zipporah and, 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 and rebuked the devil right then and there and told him where he could go, guess what? The fall wouldn't have happened because even though he was standing there like a sucker, though he was standing there like a pup, like he was standing there shriveling all up like a banana that's turned black. Listen, let me tell you something. You better be faithful. You are free to rebel in that area where your husband is not faithful. You rebel against his authority in that area. Don't be like, oh, you shouldn't have told me that, Pastor. I've been waiting for a word for a long time. I'm going shopping in Neiman's. I'm going out to King of Prussia. I'm going to the clothes pit. I knew something was wrong with our relationship. Right? Right now, that's not what I'm talking about because the Bible says in Ephesians 2, I mean, Ephesians 5, 22, it says, wives, be submissive to your husbands as to the Lord. 
It can be translated as a service to the Lord. So when you serve God faithfully, your husband gets the residue of the service that you've been given to God because it's Godward service, not manward service, because your service of your husband is based on your relationship with God, not your husband. Your husband will mess up. Your husband will let you down, but God will never let you down. So you be faithful to God. You be faithful. You be faithful, you beast of a woman. You kill it to the glory of God. You stand up and you square your shoulders and you get your Bible in your hand, tears in your eyes, wind in your face, hair messed up, mascara running, and you go ahead and get it. But Eve, Eve fell into the demonic trinity. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, boastful pride of life. 1 John 2.16 said, these are in operation in the world. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, boastful pride of life. So when he said, when when she saw that the tree was good, lust of the eyes. Lust of the eyes happens when you question what God has provided not being enough. Left of the eye. God ain't, God, God, God holding. I knew God was holding back on me. I knew this Christianity thing was whack. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh is a delight to the eyes. Delight means attractive, desirable, a longing and a craving, a state of wishing for something to bring you pleasure. Here, outside of God. So, lust of the flesh is delight. Boastful pride of life that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. So now she's believing that the devil has made her think that there's knowledge outside of God. (laughs) He he wants you to believe that the Bible isn't enough, ladies. See, I I, I hate arguing with people. They say, well, what about the 13 books of the Bible, the lost books? I say, have you read the 66? Have you read the 66? I said, if you read the 66, you won't really want no more books, dog. I'm just letting you know. Matter of fact, the 66 are mad inexhaustible. And if you really, if you, I'm trying, it's some verses I still ain't wrapped my mind around because God is so big. And I said, and the Bible isn't all knowledge. It's just what we need for now. And it's inexhaustible. So don't add nothing else. I, I'm the 16 books and 13 books. What about, what about the 66, dog? Listen, let me tell you something. Y'all better let the Bible rule your life. You better let your mind be transformed by the renewing power of the word of God. And you better not think that God's truth can be denied. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, boastful pride of life. Then the Bible says she ate and gave some to her husband. That's dope, right? It's funny. She, she ate the whole John and gave him some. You know what I'm saying? But the Bible says at that moment both eyes were open and they knew that they were naked. At the moment that Adam ate, both died. Both died that day. One of the most tragic deaths. This death here is worse than a car accident. This death is worse than a stillborn baby. This death is worse than a ship sinking with 3,000 people on it. This death is worse than a plane crash. This death is worse than a meteor hitting the planet and destroying. This death is an unrecoverable death. 
that it takes God's help to overcome. Devil always, ladies, overpromises and underdelivers. He always does it. And he has more in store for you than you have for him. And so they died this day. And this will forever be used as an example for the church in 2 Corinthians 11, 2 through 3. It says, I have betrothed you to one husband who is Christ. But he said, but don't be like Eve, church, lest you be led astray from the simplicity of devotion to Christ. That's what the word says. That, 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 that when the devil wants to take away the simplicity of commitment to Jesus and make your life complex with demonic chaos, that's his desire. He let you take one little moment of enjoyment and he wants to upgrade you to deep death. That's his desire. She used her influence, her powerful influence, to influence her husband's authority, to influence him to create the fall of man. Women, don't use your influence improperly. Because of her willingness to be deceived and desire to lead instead of being led, she led wrongly. And the brother standing there, the whole time the devil is talking to his wife and did nothing. Fellas, this for free. Don't you punk out. I'm going to move. Next point. Identity, chaos, and confusion began. This is the point to where identities were thrown into ruin and chaos. It says right after that, they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Remember, they were naked and not ashamed at first. They were free from exploitation. They were free to emotionally enjoy each other. They were freed up to become one flesh. And then they had the covering of the glory of God as their clothing. Their relationship with God was their clothing. Even though they were physically naked, they were spiritually clothed. Now they become spiritually unclothed and physically clothed. And God had given them eternal clothing, glory gear, an eternal outfit. And now they take fig leaves off of a fig leaf. And as soon as that fig leaf, they sold it, it looks nice. But in about a day or so, it's going to shrivel up, and they're going to need to put another covering on. And that's going to shrivel up. Then they're going to have to put another covering on. That's going to shrivel up. And they're going to, everything that you cover yourself with can't cover you like God can cover you, ladies. Everything that you cover yourself with, it, it, listen, it's dying as soon as you put it on you. Why? Because it's a reflection of the fall. Plunged into putting all types of liberation philosophies on yourself, clothing yourself without the divine order of God, then God comes in and pronounces the reality of the judgment that they asked for based on their sin. Verse 16 says, to the woman, he said, surely I will multiply your pain and childbearing. Childbearing was supposed to be a blessing. Now women will fear having children because of the pain. Not just of the pain in labor, 
but this also points to the pain in raising children. Children aren't bad because of just being bad. They're bad because of this challenge, that it was going to be a challenge to raise children for a long time. He says, your desire will be for your husband. Desire there means she'll want his authority now. She won't influence him. She'll try to snatch his authority. She'll do everything in her power to liberate herself. And he said, he will rule over you. He won't let you. He will fight. So now we have a, and it, what was supposed to be oneness. Now oneness has to be fought for. That's why marriages are in turmoil. Because of the fall. And because there's a fight for authority. There's a fight for ruling and, and, and the desire for the position. But I love God so much because on the worst day, on the worst day in all time, he's a good God and he brought hope. Last but not least, hope in the midst of judgment. Verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and the offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is powerful because this is called the proto-euangelion, meaning the first gospel presentation. Well, God in chapter 3, in the midst of the greatest fall, proclaims God. Some scholars say, well, this is Cain and Abel. This is Cain and Abel. These are what this, Cain is the serpent seed, and Abel is the, is the divine seed. You see Seth, you see, no, 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 no. This can't be, because none of those fulfilled anything. But there came one. There came one, the very one who's standing in front of them, who came in the cool of the day in a pre-incarnate state, and he hovered through the garden. They didn't know that thousands of years later, he was going to put himself into the womb of a woman, the very one who clothed them in animal skins, the very one that formed the woman out of his rib, the very one that formed him out of the dust of the ground was going to become creation. And he came and lived the life that we could never live. In Matthew 4, he experiences his Garden of Eden experience. Just as God allows all to be tempted by Satan, so he didn't spare his son to be tempted by Satan. And Satan presented three things to him. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and boastful pride of life. Eve and Adam had the presentation of those three things, and they failed. But the second Adam... Not in a garden, but in the wilderness, filled with the Holy Spirit and Bible in his heart, is led by God, the Spirit, into the wilderness specifically to be tempted by the devil. And the devil, O Slewfoot, as the old preacher said, he came to him and began trying to tempt him. It says, and when he got hungry. See, the devil don't wait when you're full. He wait when you ain't got nothing in your belly. He let, and Jesus didn't cheat. He did not use his deity to fight. No deity. He had, he was full deity, but he didn't access it. Because equality with God was not something to be grasped. <laughs> and so he, he laid aside the privileges of his deity 
to take on the full brunt of what man had to offer and Satan. And when he got his eyes sparkled, turned the stone into bread, he says, he responds with the word of God exactly like God says it. He took him on a pinnacle, throw yourself down, throw yourself down, throw yourself down. And, he's, and he quote, the devil even quotes scripture. And Jesus quoted back to him exactly like God said. Then what's interesting, this is powerful, is then he takes him and shows him all the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, listen, I took this from Adam. I run everything. I'm the prince of power of the air. If you bow down and worship me, I will give you all of this. And he said, you shall worship the Lord your God alone. Depart from me, Satan. Listen, Jesus was fully successful and had worse circumstances than Adam and Eve. So the second Adam becomes victorious. But that's not where the story ends. Because the devil set up things for him to go to the cross. He set him up for him to get torn, his flesh torn off his body, to get him to tap out. But Jesus just keeps standing there, taking the blows, not tapping out, even though he's in the worst chokehold of humanity. Sins of the world on his shoulder, skin coming off his body, blood leaking out of his body. But he stays there, and he doesn't even go like this to tap out. He thinks about you. He thinks about me. And he keeps marching. A, a cross gets put on his back. And he says, I can't quit now. The devil's in his ear. Tap out. All you got to do is tap. I'll stop it all right now. Tap out. And he keeps walking. Walking. He falls to the ground. Someone begins helping him. They lay the cross down. They lay him down. And he looks up. And the devil is like, tap out. He puts the nail prints in his hands. Puts the nail prints in his feet. Raises him up where he begins suffocating. And he doesn't tap out. The second Adam begins talking. While suffocating. Father, forgive them. And he was short of breath when he said it. For they know not what they do. Women, cry for yourselves. He, and, and, he's short of, and he's short of breath. He's short of breath. He's Elohi, Elohi, Lama, Sebastianai. And he holds himself up to say, take another breath. And then, and then all of a sudden he says, Father, forgive them. And then he says, into thy hands. I commit my spirit. And he says, I'm the second Adam. And I know he's thinking about God's not there. The Holy Spirit is no longer with him. He left him. And he's there alone. And he says, into thy hands. I commit my spirit to tell us die. It is finished. On the third day, on the third day, he's in the tomb. He gets back inside of his body. He gets back inside of his body. He raises up. He picks up the clothes he used to have on. And he folded them up. And the stone rolled away. And he walked out with all power. In his hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Even though that day, in Genesis 3, womanhood died. Jesus Christ came to resurrect women once again. That wasn't all he came for, but under the umbrella of satisfying the wrath of God, when he raised from the grave, ladies, you were raised from the grave. And you are restored back to your ability to be what Eve failed to be. Next week, we're going to talk about one of the first examples of Eve being redeemed and how she was faithful to being fruitful and multiplying in her city. Father, we pray today, honor you for the renewing power of the gospel. Lord, we thank you for your mercy through Christ in the midst of our failure that you've given victory through Jesus Christ. Lord God, if someone is here today and they haven't trusted, put their confidence in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord God, I pray that they would repent and turn to you in faith that their sins were dealt with on the cross. Father God, I honor you and thank you for saving for today. Um, Lord, I pray in Christ's name.